You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 289. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is superfood, built-in mushroom, elixirs, cacaos, tea mixes, you name it. They combine our favorite things like teas and coffees and superfood elixirs you can put into your smoothies and other products as well with the goodness of superfood mushrooms. And it is so good. They're mocha mix, as many of you guys know. I drink two to four of those little puppies a day. They sent me 16 boxes back when I was in Hawaii, which was so kind of them. And I am now down to my last two packets and... I'm not gonna say I'm tweaking because I'm not technically actually addicted to this stuff. I just genuinely find it so aligning to drink in the morning. Thank goodness there is half a caffeine, no jitters, no crash or stomach issues while I drink this large amount of them, but I truly just love them. I really, really do. And I love seeing you guys share when you're drinking them with me as well on over on Instagram. If you wanna try out the one I like, it's the Chaga Mushroom Mix in the green box, the mocha mix with the green label. You can also try any of their other items as well if you wanna give it a shot to their new chai tea option, which has no caffeine. So if you want an evening option, that might be for you. You can head over to foursigmatic.com slash lively. And if you wanna order any of their products, you can get 15% off by using the code lively at checkout. I hope you love it as much as I genuinely find it aligning. Now let's move on, where am I? I am in London by way of Detroit. Yes, I have gone back to Detroit multiple times this year and I continue to be amazed at all of the incredible things happening there. There are things happening there that I never imagined I'd ever see there. The rebirth of Detroit is so special and the energy there is electric and I am just excited to keep going back and exploring it more and more in the future. But for now, I'm in London and in today's episode specifically, I'm speaking with Danielle Dillard of DanielleDillard.com. Danielle's a coach, a healer, writer, yoga teacher, and she's currently flowing around the U.S. on a solo road trip. Sounds like something I know very well. And in this session, this is a big one. We're going to talk to her on her eve of her 30th birthday about how to navigate single life and how to find community on your own. This is also a great episode for anyone that enjoys what I lovingly call the spiritual circus. And we're going to explore why you don't need to chase a big dream to live the life that's perfect for you. And this question I get a lot, we're actually going to address in depth, which is what to do when your inner voice answers a question with yes and no at the same time. What do you do in those situations? That's what we're going to explore as well. So if you've ever dealt with loneliness, felt resistance to who you're supposed to be, or sought answers from gurus outside of your own inner voice, this episode's going to be great for you. Let's go to the show. Yeah, what do you got going on, Danielle? Hey, Jess. So I am in Austin, Texas here. I'm on a three, four month road trip and I am just using law of attraction in so many ways in my life right now. One of the biggest is actually in healing genital herpes. How's it going? It's actually going really well. I learned that I contracted it back in March of this year and I learned that my soul actually chose it because I wanted the challenge of like healing my own body through Law of Attraction, through everything that you share on this show. And it's been such an interesting healing journey already. That's awesome. What have you been using? I'm sure people might be wondering, how is she healing? 
Well, <laughs> in all transparency, I did an ayahuasca experience. So I sat with ayahuasca last month and sat with combo, which is a frog secretion um, that's burned into the skin to help kind of give you a new immune system, basically. So I did a few healing sessions there, and a lot of it has been a lot of self-reiki at night, a lot of affirmations, and just this really strong belief that like, and knowing that I am going to heal it. So right now, I've given it a good kick out of the body. And I'm at the point where I'm energetically just sweeping out the remnants of, you know, this experience and something that you shared on one of your podcast episodes, let the human have the experience. That's been kind of my mantra through this. Awesome. So how can we help you today? I'm launching a podcast. I am exploring intimacy without sex and without having a romantic partner. So kind of soul intimacy. And in this experience of just like, Aligning with my soul on such a very deep level and releasing who I've been in the past and allowing myself to evolve on this trip through this experience, through putting my story out in my own podcast, just releasing the past, basically, and coming deeply into the now and letting go of all of the stories and just looking at a blank page. All right. Well, this is going to be interesting. If you really want, how blank do you want your page to be? I turn 30 tomorrow and I'm ready to look at a blank page. So what's really interesting is to explore how much your inner voice is willing to let go of the spiritual persona is what's coming up for me, just from our previous like few minutes together. And to be honest with you, for me to give you my fullest effort, I want to make sure that you're getting the outcome that you desire. So I'm going to ask you that three times about how much do you want to let go of identity and how clean do you want that page to be? And you tell me what your inner voice is guiding you to that answer, okay? And then that'll help color our approach because we can do it from many different angles and give you a great experience. And that's what you ultimately want is a great experience. This is not your ultimate experience. It's just an experience that you'd like to share in a beautiful way. But where that evolves and how that flowers, we want to do in the right way for you right now. So how empty do I want my page to be right now at least? What I'm receiving back is it's already empty. It's just time to create. Is there more I can let go of with Jess right now? Yes, of course. Yeah. So some of the things you shared, and I'm not against any of the Campo or the Ayahuasca or the Akashic Records or the guides. They're all aspects, but they're all part of a spiritual circus that you don't have to rely on for the deepest clean page experience you could possibly have. So for an example, I mean, did you hear the Gregorio episode on the show? No. Okay, so there's an amazing episode you would love and many others loved it. It's fascinating to me about that episode. I think there's like 80,000, 90,000 downloads on that show. He's not famous. He's just someone I met. So this is not like a famous Liz Gilbert episode. This is a friend basically, that I had on the show that no one knew, has no platform to speak of at all. He's a very engaging, energetic, very charismatic person. Wonderful episode. But I just find it fascinating how many people love attraction to themselves to listening to that episode. He did every type of drug possible, a psychedelic or street drug, and like 10 times the amount that most people can handle. So his last huge, major, major trip after a decade or two of his life being in all of these. And he went from like harming himself to then enlightening or like not enlightening, but he that went into like the, the consciousness psychedelic side of things 
as his most recent years, but he did this like leader of ayahuasca, this like mega blowout going at a business sale type of his own experience with ayahuasca. And the plants showed him this after dozens of years with it. Each experience, he had telepathy. He goes into all the different wild stuff he's experienced during all of these trips. Ketamine therapy, you name it. He's done all this stuff. The spirit showed him. Every experience or trip that he had was like a window. He was going out and he came back. He was going out and he came back. And the spirit told him at that point, now you walk through the door. All of those things were showing him glimpses of what he was ultimately capable of doing without any help whatsoever. And so when you say clean page and you say 30 and you said the other things that's been on your journey so far, all of those things have served you miraculously well and they may continue to, so I'm not saying you need to clean it, but I'm asking you, how clean do you really want your slate? Because you don't need any of that. Right. And I'm totally on the same page with you. And actually the plant told me that. So I was kind of sharing where I've been and where I am now. And the plant was like, you never need to do this again. And it's like, when you come out of an experience like that, you are just so grateful to be in your body and to be on this earth. And that's like exactly where I am. Yeah. And it's so beautiful because it's a place that many people either fear or shun or other people are like, oh my God, it's like the only way. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Neither one is true. It's just an option, but you don't have to make it a part of your identity. And so I'm glad we shared that part of your journey too. So we don't try to make this seem like it's the cool thing. Not that anyone needs to think it's a cool or not cool thing to do. It's just a thing that happened in your life, but it's not your persona. And neither did the spirit say it needed to be, but some people do make it a part of their persona and then look down on anyone else that won't try something like that or that they're missing out. And it's like, none of that is true. It's just a path. It's just an experience that's there when it's right and is not ultimately ever necessary. It's just there. Okay. So how does it feel to really empty the page and let go of a lot of the things that have served you so far, like the plant spirits or guides or any of that stuff, and just live your authentic truth without they're not crutches, they're guides, they're supports. But what if you get to learn how to do this on your own now going forward? It's this feeling of, you know, a couple of nights ago, I was almost like shaking in fear and just, wow, like I'm constantly asking myself, like, who am I? Like, who am I? Who am I going to be at the end of this trip, if this vision quest that I'm on? And it's scary, but I know that it's right. And what's coming up a lot is loneliness because I'm traveling alone right now. And it's uh, like an emotion that I'm learning how to sit with and I'm trying to understand where it's coming from and what it is trying to teach me and tell me while also not identifying with it. But a lot of fears coming up, but a lot of just this soul deep knowing that like this is right. Yeah, that's so true, right? If you have a blank page, that's pretty lonely for the mind because the mind is so used to cluttering that page, even if it's externally with your friends or community or the plant community or whatever, or it's the guides in your inner. So you're like, even when you're in your eyeballs and you're in your mind or your consciousness or you're, you know, meditating, you still got company, right? Or the spirits, right? You're never really alone, whether you're at this point <laughs> in your mind or in the non-physical or the physical, none of that is you living as a sovereign being in and of yourself. Would you like that experience? Now that I feel like I deeply love myself, like I'm like, okay, I could do it. Like tomorrow I want to spend all day by myself and just really like experience my birthday kind of on my own and celebrate on my own and just how far I've come. But I am also super excited to hang out with friends this weekend and like let go of that. So 
balance. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, you can be within yourself among others, or you could be lost in the fray in yourself or among others. Right. Mm -hmm. Are you turning to the part of you that never gets destroyed or destructed and is always there and always peaceful? Or are we clouding ourselves with so many spirits, real, physical, or non-physical, that we don't ever give ourselves that chance to just be with the emptiness and explore what's there? Yeah. And it's a really interesting place to be. And I really give you a lot of credit because a lot of people, and I, know, so that I say this in like, I've been there in stages of, I've spent a faster time than some people spend a lot longer time in a lot of the spiritual circus aspects. And ultimately, they often become egoic identity in and of themselves. They're spiritual identities, but they're still egoic personifications and personas that are just as false to the essence of who we are as when we were just trying to make it successful in the business world or just trying to, you know, do other things at other points in time, the spiritual persona can be just as much of a distraction as all the rest, but it just feels more superior <laughs> to the ego to focus on that and wear the robes and the crystals and the beads than it does to really just be empty. Right. I would say I was seeking in a lot of that for a while. And now I'm at this place where it's like, okay, now I'm just here and I'm a human and I'm on this earth for a reason. So let's create. Ah, oh, beautiful. Okay. I love this, right? It's showing that is not the end point, right? Some people could think about, okay, I'm going from totally unconnected to spiritual things to being completely spiritual, but that can be a persona or like a uniform just as much as the rest of it. So what a beautiful thing to go into, explore, and then go beyond as much as any other aspect. And everyone doesn't have to go through that as long or as little as they like, but it's wonderful to see how open you are to even letting that go because the mind is so interesting. It can like can get attached to anything. I had not that side of what you have been going through, but for me, it was letting go of the crystal loving, mocha loving alignment law of attraction jest, the Abraham jest, the Abraham star jest. I was like, oh my gosh, what if I go through this transition and I don't like those things anymore? What if they're not aligning? And I was like, well, that's aligning. For you, it might be the guides and the Akashic records and it might be those things. It's like, oh my gosh, what if I don't wanna do those things anymore? What brings me joy now if I lose that? I actually know of an enlightened woman that told me about a friend who she cried when she realized after she had an enlightenment experience, she didn't like ice cream anymore. Now, I mean, she could start crying looking at a gutter in her life because she was so happy. But she said one woman she knew bought shoes and then returned them because she didn't need them. And she was so used to that bringing joy, but she didn't need it. And so there was a disconcerting, like weird feeling. And another woman had ice cream and she's like, I don't really want it anymore. But that had been a big part of her past. So anyways, let's explore the empty page. So you did such a beautiful job. I didn't even need to give you any direction whatsoever. You've got this inner voice already tapped in, locked in. So do you want to just kind of freeform and see what it has to share with you about your birthday and this emptiness and this next phase for you? Yeah, down. Okay. All right. So what about this loneliness thing? Will I be lonely if I allow myself to unfold in this new way? Yes, but loneliness is an important experience to have. Why is it important? Because it's teaching me what I want. 
what are the words exactly you heard? Now, what I'm going to do is like pretend I'm like a little Zen master and I have a little stick. I'm going to tap your head every time I'm questioning whether it's coming from the mind or the inner voice. And what I'm going to do is tap your head like a bobblehead down. So I'm going to say, go down. Tell me exactly the words you heard, the way you heard them. No translation, just exact repeating. Will I be lonely if I unfold in this new way? Yes. Why? Because I want something that doesn't exist. What does not exist that I want? This truth I'm seeking. The truth I'm seeking does not exist? It's inside of me. It's not outside of me. How can I access this truth that's in me? I'm doing it and I'm following it. By doing what? When you say that I'm doing it and I'm following it, what is that doing this like right what we're doing right now or something else? By connecting to myself deeply. Yeah. Am I talking to a guide right now or am I talking to a part of myself? Myself. Do I need? Yeah. How did you felt that differently? In my throat. In your throat. It like rose up into my throat. So do I need to connect with other spirit guides right now or can I connect with myself? I'm connecting with myself. Do I need the guidance of another right now in this part of my journey going forward? No, I have the knowing now. Yeah, I have the knowing. Have those guides served me well thus far? Yes. Can I thank them for everything they've done? Yes. Can I allow them to go so I can have this part of the journey on my own? I want to say yes, but my mind is saying like, why do they have to go? All right. Let, well, ask. Okay. Should the guy, let, this is great. I'm not, I'm spitballing here. All I'm trying to do is be the little Zen master that wraps you on the head when I think it's going mental instead of from the voice. Okay. So we're just interviewing. Neither of us in the mind know the answers. So is this next phase of my journey about really discovering the blank page that I am best served by this part being on my own without the guides? Yes. Is that okay? Yes. Is it safe? Yes. Will I be lonely doing this this way? Yes. Is it okay to be lonely? Yes. Will it last, this loneliness feeling? No. Why won't it last? If I stay alone, why won't it last? Because we're never alone. How is that possible if I let the guides kind of take a break? Real human connection. Do I need to connect with humans more right now? Just listen. Stay open. What a beautiful job you're doing. I just want to give you a huge compliment <laughs> for pausing rather than speaking from the mind. Way to listen. I'm sure this is throwing your mind for a curveball, but are more human connections right now what's most necessary for this unfolding? No. No. How crazy it in a world that feels isolated and wants community so bad. Is that what's right for me right now? What are you hearing? Not in the way that I am wanting it to be. And what's more true? Yeah, what are you wanting? I'm wanting romantic partnership, but what serves me most right now is commute, like friendship. Yeah, you know what I kept hearing when I wanted partner and I wrote letter after letter after letter. It kept saying, you want the truth of who you are. You want to realize the truth of who you are. In season five, what we're all touching and tapping into is the truth of who we are. So anyways, it took me a good year to <laughs> figure out what the heck it was saying, but I understand. So it's not about deepening human connection right now. It's more about deepening the connection to myself. Yes. Within myself. Mm -hmm. With less of the external outside stuff. 
Yes, less noise. Less noise. Where is it noisy so far? Where is the noise coming from right now in my life? Other people trying to direct my path or share even just inspiration with me, but it's clouding me. It's distracting. Yeah. Do I need to clear any more things? Yes. (laughs) Wait, what did you hear? It was just like a laughing, like, yes, (laughs) there's more to clear. Well, okay, here's the question, though. What I want is like, do I need to do a healing modality to clear it? No. Sorry, that's what I was kind of directing. Okay, so yes to clear, but not by doing a healing modality. (laughs) I've gotten so good at them. What am I supposed to do instead? Live. Live? Is that okay? How am I going to clear anything if I'm just living in the problems? Obviously, they're not cleared yet, so they're still active. Live and create in the moment. That's all. I don't need to do RTT or ayahuasca or campo. I don't need to vomit a lot. And I don't need anything. You don't need anything? What about the Akashic Records? Do I need those? I'm still feeling a yes on that, but then my mind's telling me not to say yes because I'm feeling like you're not wanting me to connect with the Akashic Records. Oh, okay. Beautiful. I'm just asking. If your inner voice, which knows everything you need says yes, we're just going to ask another question. So does it say yes? Yes. It was like a yes. It almost felt like it rose a little bit where it's like, yes, I need them, but not as much as I lean on them right now. Beautiful. What a great way to describe your experience. You're doing so good at this. I don't need to use my stick. Okay, you're doing such a good job. Okay, so this whole yes with this Akashic Records thing, let's find basically what you kind of described to me is what I would call a lot of people get is the yes and no. So there's a little yes and a little no. So you're saying yes and like there's parts that are useful and the parts that aren't. When you get a yes and no, it doesn't mean stop asking questions, just means how yes and how no. So let's start with the how yes. How are they still useful? For guiding my bigger things. So I need them to guide my bigger things? I don't need them to guide my bigger things, but they're here to help. Okay, so this I'm going to tap you. That's a lot of words. What did you hear? I'm going to tap your little head. Just a gentle tap, bobble head down. What did you hear? You don't need them for everything, Danielle. There you go. That's the real stuff. And that's the powerful stuff, even as other people listen. That's when they tap into their own voice because they're hearing it within you and they're getting the sense for this. It doesn't like everyone doesn't have to sound the same, but that's frequency of that phrase is everything for you and everyone else to tell the difference between the voice of what they think they are and that voice in them. Beautiful. So how no inner voice, how no do I not need them? And I've been using them this way and it's not useful anymore. Day-to-day scheduling, mapping out what I do, who I connect with, just daily. I don't need it daily. Okay. Has it served me sort of to this point to use it that way? Yes, and understanding what's alignment for me daily and with that. But I now have learned that, so I don't need the tool anymore. Now I can just go by feel. Right. Beautiful. All right. So it's a little yes and a little no. That's great. How does it feel for you? Okay, I'm asking you now the head. How are you doing? How does that feel to see you can let go of that stuff? It feels good, but it's been comforting for sure. It just feels like they're a part of me now, you know? They're my higher self. Let's ask that question. Bobble down. Is it true that they're my higher self? No, they're my guides communicating with my higher self. And I don't need them to communicate with my higher self right now because right now it's a little journey on my own. Truth. Yeah, that's the truth. That's, ooh, you know you heard it when you hear truth. Okay. Do you see, you said earlier, vision quest. 
a vision quest isn't once a bunch of council guides going off into the woods with you telling you which berries to eat, right? That's like the same as having your community's elders come with you and give you a little like community survey on what you should eat today. Right. Or how you should schedule or who you should connect with. You don't need that anymore. For this vision quest, you actually called it that, it's about you being with you and being the guide for yourself. Yeah. And just like deciding, just deciding on things. Cause I, I talk to them about like, I mean, they map out my coaching courses. They map out like this launch for this podcast. I mean, they create a lot of that right now. And it's, it's, we are co-creating, but to drop that, it's like, all right, time to trust yourself again, Danielle. Yeah. You know what I heard a guide say, and I loved this and it changed me so much is like, obviously I love Abraham and I love channeling and it's, it's a dear part of my life experience in the last few years. Truly. I really love it. But I remember hearing about this channel, Ascended Master channel say, wasn't Abraham, but it was someone else and another entity that was non-physical as well. Say that the humans don't need more aliens as the example. They were picking on aliens at the time. They're not saying aliens aren't real. They like totally channel alongside aliens. Like Bashar's come up on the show a bit and there's cry on too. This channel is an ascended master of human that went through enlightenment and ascension, ascension. And they were saying the humans don't need more aliens that aren't enlightened telling them things. Yes, there's no denying that the alien channels have a radically different point of view that can be advanced from humans in many ways. But he said what the humans need is more enlightened humans speaking on the stage, not the humans obfuscating their own sovereignty or their own wisdom to the aliens was what he was picking on. But I'd also say it really opened me up when I heard that to think here I was at that point when I heard him say that was I was thinking, well, I need to have this Joe persona like Abraham and Esther or Bashar and Daryl Enka. I need to channel something wiser than myself in order to really help people because God knows human minds suck. They're so like limited. They can't even tell like truth from failure or false. And like they don't even, they think there's failure and the, you know, all these beings have such a better, broader perspective. These poor humans are just little schmucks. I don't want to be a schmuck on the stage either. I want to channel this infinite intelligence. And when he said that, it opened me up to going, oh my goodness, how much more empowered would humans feel? But not because there are more human brains passing themselves off as experts. I don't want to do that either. This is why I was like, peace out on the show, season four. I took the hiatus because I didn't want to be an expert on the stage anymore either. But then I came back for this exact reason of what we're doing is to say, you're the expert. You don't even know about this yet, but those might, that are listening now may know about. We're doing the, the Lively Show TV show, and I'm calling it an inner talk show and the experts within you. Every talk show we've ever seen is Oprah or Rosie O'Donnell or Ellen DeGeneres is sitting on a stage most of the time, most of the time, not always, with an expert that wrote a book or has this point of view or is an expert for such and such years and a doctorate of this and that and the other. And that's just a human mind spouting off human mind stuff, which is why I took the break. But for me to say, as that little gentle Zen master, tap, 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 bobble your head down, you're the expert. No one else knows what you need to do. No guide needs to tell you what to do. If you know how to tap into that bobble head down, nothing else is required. I think what's so interesting is what connecting with them gave me was trust. And now they're saying through this experience with you, You have it now. Just trust yourself. Beautiful. I'm so excited for you, girl. You're really going on a vision quest now. 
yeah. So now it's just me and I have no idea what's to expect. I'm not planning anymore. And you've got a whole little party with you. You've got the head going on and you got the inner voice. So you technically are never alone. You have two aspects of yourself that one never shuts up and the other one's pretty wise along the way. So you're actually not really alone. You're thinking to yourself all the time and you've got this inner voice. It's never on vacation and it's never asleep. So this is never going away at all. Right. It's wild. I feel like this is, you know, what alignment feels like and... It feels really good to be in this space. It feels like I had to be selfish enough. I know Abraham Hicks talks about this. You have to be selfish enough to get into alignment with who you are on a deep level to even be able to serve from that place. And now I feel ready to serve. But right now, let's ask the inner being, bobble your head down. Who do I need to serve first? Myself. Yeah. Am I serving myself as much as I can right now? No. No. Do you see that? Do you see how the human tendency is to pop into, okay, I got this. I did this for two seconds with Jess. Now I'm ready to go help the world. Instead of actually spending the time to help the part of you that's actually going to do that helping, which is spend the time helping yourself first. Yeah. And I feel like I have been doing that. There's totally, I know that I could honor my body more or that I get to honor my body more with exercise and morning celery juice. I've been loving that, like little things like that. I feel truly ready to serve. It's something that I sit with. Okay. But it just told you it's not about other, is it about other people right now? Is it mostly about myself and serving myself? It's mostly about myself. Yeah. Okay. Now let's ask beyond the celery juice and exercise inner being, how can I serve myself more right now? By paying attention more to myself. When am I not paying attention to myself right now? When I'm busy looking for things to do. Yeah. Do you see how you're doing that? You just said, I want to go help the world. You're looking for things to do in the world, which is what it's saying is not paying attention to yourself. There's nothing wrong, but here's what I get to tell you. Guess what? You really start serving yourself and you do this in an all pervasive cellular way. And I'm not just talking celery juice and exercise here. I'm just saying you fill your cup up so freaking much and you let that, it will come to you, girl. You don't need to go to the world. The world's going to show up at your doorstep. I know a woman that had an enlightenment experience and within 20 minutes, she was actually at a workshop where this happened. So everybody watched her go through it and they were like, whoa. And then like they were all lining up. She had 20 minutes of peace with this euphoric experience and everyone was lining up to her, not because she did what, the way you're doing it, right? She had the experience and actually she was like, wait, 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 I want to enjoy this a little more. She wanted to give it more to herself, but the whole world was waiting at her feet. And also to say that, it's cool that they wanted that, but really that was their minds obfuscating their own inner being to her. What they saw in her was what they really wanted in themselves, but they went to revere her as the guru, the new guru. Oh my gosh, this person has it. I need to talk to her in order to get it instead of going inward, which is fine. It's just about having compassion and seeing that pattern within ourselves. Yeah, I think when I talk about service, I think it's really just because serving others is what gets me excited about being here on earth. Okay, so beautiful. Oh, I love that. You're doing such a one. I'm so excited to work with you. Okay, so now we've just found out it's about paying more attention to yourself instead of looking for things to do. All right. Well, inner being, if I love looking for things to do and I love helping others, how do I make peace with this kind of crossfire. I mean, I literally just heard this, which is something like just let the human have the experience. Just literally live 
every day, create in the moment, experience life. Yeah. So I don't need to go make a class now or a coaching package or ask. No, it's all coming. It's all coming. Do I need to try hard? No, not at all. Will it come to me? Yes. How is that possible? The human's so used to marketing plans and effort and Facebook advertising. Trust in all is coming. Yeah. That's very similar to my inner voice. Mm -hmm. All is well. Do you love me? Are you looking out for me? Ask. Yes, of course. So it's not my human's job to go make this all happen? No, the human's job is to experience it. Yeah, that's all you're here for, girl. Mm-hmm. They show up because they want to be helped. And if they don't, you let, that, you let them go away. You don't force them to drink the celery juice if they don't want to. You just drink your own juice. And people look at you and they're like, what is going on with you? And you say, you know what? I really love celery juice. It just makes me so happy when I drink celery juice. It's truly the thing I look forward to waking up to the most. It's really changed me in these ways. And I'm just so deeply thankful it found me or I found it because I have been trying all these things and there's just nothing in my life like celery juice. This is such a relief because I feel like my entire life I've been seeking and seeking and just wanting more and like life wasn't enough. Ooh, beautiful. Okay, okay. Inner voice. Is experiencing life enough? Doesn't this human need to prove themselves to be worthy in some freaking way? No proof needed. No pr- Why is no proof needed? It just isn't. It's just false. Aren't I here to prove my worthiness? <laughs> I just feel like it was just laughing wanted to come okay laughing great it's laughing at it what about service my humanness is holding on to service like it's this holy cross is it true I'm here to serve service will come naturally it's not something that I seek so it's not my purpose to serve ask ask this one this is gonna be good is it my purpose to serve it's my purpose to love to create and to evolve Yeah, it's not my purpose to serve. That may be a part of it. Mm -hmm. But until you've served that self, like you've really filling yourself up with that, that's what serves others. Because guess what? You can't shake them enough to vibrate for them. Just like that guru or that expert or that shaman is not shaking you enough to move you. You're still looking at them for the answers. Even I'm trying to shake you, which for this like two hours, we'll we'll keep bobbleheading you down and you'll do a good job with it. But after this, it's still going to be up to you. I can be of service, but it ultimately has nothing to freaking do with me. All I'm doing is just going tap, 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 tap enough times on enough shows with enough guests that enough people start to remember that when they're in the car with their kid. But it's not my job for them to do it with the car with their kid. It's theirs. So there's no such thing as service in that you ever can create in another's experience because you can never think the thoughts for them and you can never feel for them and you can never be the inner voice for them. Mm-hmm. So it is about your experience and you're living that authentic truth. They see it and they feel a little more comfortable doing it for themselves, but it's not because you told them or yelled at them. No, you're you're not yelling at them. It's not about like prophesizing about it or like, you know, spouting about it on an Instagram story. It's about just doing it. And then they're like, you know what? She would do that. You know, what's so interesting. What's coming up for me right now is everything you're saying, totally lots of resonance in my body. And what I am kind of working on is this fear of intimacy. And I just realized that a way that I get to kind of play with that fear is to hold space for others as they evolve and grow and shift and in a way that service, but that's not like I just get to hold space and that's really intimate 
an intimate way to connect with another being. So we all have our own answers and it's helping them, holding them, helping them see that, really reflecting that back to them, just as you are with me. That's what I'm doing with you. That's what I'm doing with you. But here's the reason. Ask me why I'm doing it. Why are you doing it? Because it's fun to do. (laughs) Would I do it when it's not fun to do? Hell the F no. Right. Same page. Did I do one-on-one sessions before? I mean, years and years ago, it was different stuff. But yeah. But why didn't I do it in between? Because it wasn't fun to do. Mm -hmm. I only keep talking about this in client sessions so that other people see and allow themselves the same permission to tell a new story, which is I get to do fun things and I don't have a spiritual chore chart to live up to. Totally resonate with that. I'm a little bit guilty for not connecting with them. And it was almost like I was creating this document on my computer where I was writing from my heart and then writing channeled writing. And it was like I was connecting with my own heart less because I was choosing to connect with guides more. Okay, bobble head down. Why was I choosing to connect more with the guides than my own heart? Because it's more fun. (laughs) Is it true that it's more fun? Ask the inner heart for that. It was just interesting to me. Okay. It was a fun experience. It was powerful, but I'm more powerful. Like connecting to myself is the next phase, is the next chapter. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you for anyone else listening, like that was all words. So they're going to think, oh my God, I need to think a thought like that. What did you actually hear directly if you were to translate that same phrase from what you heard? The question was, can you have fun writing with yourself or writing with your heart? Yes, we can have more fun. (laughs) More fun. Oh, that's even better than the other answer. Okay. How could it be more fun? Those guys were so fun and different and they weren't me. How can it be more fun to talk to myself than something else? Because my heart is my own. Hmm. What did you actually hear? Did you just hear my own? Or did you hear the whole phrase? Now I'm hearing my own repeating. My own, my own. Is it okay to be my own? Yes. Is it safe? It's totally safe. Is it more intimate to be in this space? Yes. Is this intimacy the one I'm really seeking? Yes. Can I find the partner when it's right to do so, but it's not about that, it's really about this? (laughs) Yes. How does that feel for you? It feels like freedom. Yeah. The ego mind is seeking. Is that intimacy? And this is where my inner being so patiently for that year was like, you're not seeking the love of this partner. You're seeking to know the truth of who you are. The truth of who you are. And I was like, forget that. I get it. I get it. I get it. Give me the partner. Give me the partner. I get it. I get it. I know it's love. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But I wasn't in it. I wasn't in that frequency. And that's not like the mind could even understand what that would feel like, but it kept thinking it did. Right. And I guess what we want is an energy and that energy is always within us. So it's where I've really enjoyed partnership because it's lit something up in me. It's lit a fire. Now it's like learning about how to touch those access points to light that same fire within. Okay. All right. Perfect. You're doing such a good job guiding me to the next questions. Okay. So... Was it true that I was getting energy from these other people, these partners? Yes, but it was inside me. What did you hear? Just so everyone else that's like, okay, what did she hear? I'm hearing a yes. Yes. Okay. I was getting the energy. I can get energy from other people. Is that true? Sharing energy with them. Sharing energy. Ask your inner voice this. Why did I love sharing that energy with other people so much? Because it was easy. Easy. Is it harder to do this myself?
an old belief. Yes. Old belief. It felt, I've been told it's easier and I felt that it's easier, but it's not true. Right. Why does it feel true though? Inner voice. Why does it feel true that the partner is, it's easier to do? My mind is going into just childhood, always seeing my parents close together and never really knowing them as separate identities. So it's just a codependency. It's my mind's going into like childhood stuff. So did they have a great, beautiful, aligned, co-creative relationship? They had their struggles. So they weren't like the perfectly aligned inner being parents with sovereign creative energy independent of each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what I'm seeking? Bubble down. Yes, a conscious partnership. What is the conscious partnership I'm most seeking right now? Self. Self. How does that feel to know that's what your actually most priority is? Freeing. Yeah. Why is it freeing? Because it might be disappointing to the ego too. (laughs) It's just me. I get to do what I want to do. I get to dream alone. Is it fun to dream alone right now? Yes. Why? Because I have big dreams. Do I need them is the question I'm feeling called to ask. What do you hear? Be be ruthlessly in integrity with that voice. I don't need the dreams. Don't need. Don't need them. If I don't need them, what's the point of this human having this experience if I don't have the dreams? Take the dreams away. What's left? It's fun to dream. But I don't need them. Why don't I need them? Because it's only now. Yeah. Can I live without the dream? Of course. Can I let it go? Yes. Would letting them go allow me to have that clear page I'm actually most wanting to accept? Yes. How do you feel about that? I know you did not think about that before I shared that. So that was kind of edgy. Great job for listening to that. It just feels good to have a path. It it helps me be present to know that I'm living for a purpose. Okay, okay, question. Okay, okay, beautiful. You just told me the mind stories. Now we're going to question whether they're true, okay? Excellent, excellent job. I'm just being super ruthless to your first statement, which you probably didn't realize you're going to get into. And you said, I want to be a blank page. I was like, I'm going to ask you that a few times to see how blank you really want to go. Because depending on how blank you want that blankness, it gets very surprising. And big plans are not surprising. Mm -hmm. Really big plans are not surprising. They're known because they're plans. Mm -hmm. And if you have a dream that then has to have a path to, you know, then then it's a plan. That's not surprising. Okay. So what did you say? You said it was easier to be in the moment ask, is it true that having the big dreams helps me be more in the moment? No. No, but my ego thinks it is. Why is that not true? It makes my ego feel safe. Yes. Do you see that now? Mm-hmm. So where do you find the balance in your own life of like having a vision? You don't have a vision. Not anymore. Season five, Jess, is pretty up in the air. <laughs> okay. Not attached to any outcome. What has that given you? peace in all things. I mean, obviously, like what it does is when something that my mind would call not good happens, I just keep going and see what's next without the resistance that normally came up before. And you value peace as maybe your top core value? I don't even really, I mean, I don't even think in so much that way anymore of having a top value. 
I'm more interested right now personally in allowing the human to have that experience you mentioned. And I shared this with someone else the other day. I was like, man, I had a, a flight with this really nice woman next to me and my ego came out in all sorts of different shades I didn't want to see as the you know, spiritual identity of myself has created. And I was like, well, and then I just chuckled to myself thinking, what a relief to know that it's not this human ego's mind job to actually, it's like, it's hilarious to me that that's going to happen to this mind. Like, it's not going really to happen to them. It's going to happen to this life experience at some point or another or in some other life, whatever. But I was just like, wow. And what a relief to know I don't have to change. Like, I just laughed at it and it really humbled that human mind that was kind of, you know, any little sense of spiritual identity about how great it was, was just like laughing. And so instead of shaming myself or feeling guilty or horrible or trying to change myself with a spiritual chore chart, I just laughed going, wow, what a relief to know this can still happen to me and I don't have to try any harder. But also, I'm so, like the human itself is so not as far along as she thinks she is. Yeah. Or at least not in that moment. And the actual spiritual, I think, progress or maturity, it was in the laughter. Yeah, you've given me a lot to kind of sit with and meditate on for the next few days. <laughs> and if you watch yourself get stuck in that spiritual circus and you're like, wow, I just like really spiritual circus myself around some other people that are really into the spiritual circus. And we're all kind of like talking about Akashic Records and who knows more about the whatever, if it ever came up. And then you notice that you can go, how hilarious that I'm going to be enlightened too. And this is so far from that. And I know it, but how hilarious. I still really love the spiritual tools and honor them and respect them for what they've given me in my life because they literally changed everything. But they're just tools. They're not the game. They're the tools and a part of the game that you played with. But you don't always live with the Fisher-Price kitchenette. And I'm not saying that that is a, a plaything. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I am trying to take the human attachment and idolatry to some of these tools that we think this, like the channel, like I had this whole thing about, you know, Abraham so much better than the humans, like us little lowly. It's not that the mind is ever going to become the master or anywhere near a guide, but it is to say there is a really deeply wise and peaceful part of ourselves that's not a guide or the human mind, and it's all unfolding for us too. But it's not because uh, the Fisher-Price thing seems a little discrediting. It's not. I don't want to put other people or non-physical entities on a pedestal as an idol. Right. We are a part of that soup of source energy too, the mind is very far from that realization and it's not really its job to pretend to be or to be there. It is to laugh at itself. It would be nice rather than beating itself up. But you don't need any of that for this next phase of your journey. And I only say that because you asked and looked in you. For other people, it still might be a very viable part of their journey. And maybe this entire lifetime. And that is a wonderful gift they have for the entire lifetime. You didn't need it for the entire lifetime to be in alignment. It at some level is feeling more peaceful for you to let these things go now. And that is the reason to do so. I think that definitely resonates. I feel like the tools kind of expanded me and then I can fill in that on my own now.
Okay, Gregorio's little, my reference to Gregorio Avanzini. So it was a window that showed you what was possible. And now you walk through the door. Mm-hmm. And that's so exciting. And it's new for a lot of humans. And right now we think it's got to be Eckhart and Alan Watts and Buddha and Jesus. And, you know, it's like, I can't be me. I can't have an Instagram account and be enlightened. Like there's, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying there's anything that human mind ever needs to do to make it happen. It's like the apple falling from the tree. It will happen and it may not be anytime soon, but what you can do right now and it's time for you because you've heard it within you, to do is just start listening to yourself as the expert rather than someone else, whether it's a physical or non-physical entity. Okay. I think I stopped listening to the physical a while ago and shifted into just allowing the non-physical to guide me. And so I think today there's going to be a shift that happens. And maybe you were supposed to have this conversation with me and this is where I'm supposed to start tomorrow at age 30. Yeah. Ask your voice. Bobble down. Is that true? Is that what I just said? True? Yes, you were guided here. Yeah. But what's weird is my guides guided me to reach out to you to book this call, to have this. And so I feel like in a way they're working through you as well or higher self. I have goosebumps. So here, ask this. Guides, were you handing this to me as a gift for myself? There's just so much resonance in my being that I'm almost like tearing because it's true. I feel it. I physically feel the alignment bumps going on me. So what they were doing, and it's funny because you started the call before anyone else. Everyone's like, why is she talking about Akashic Records so much? It's because you had said, the guide said, I should like play with the channel, the Akashic Records with you, Jess. And I was like, I don't, you know, and then we kind of kept talking. So the only reason I knew to bring that subject up is because you had previously mentioned it. But feel the resonance you're feeling right now. Mm -hmm. It's really beautiful. It's because they've like changed my entire life and And like, I love them so much and I love myself so much. And now I know that I'm here with you and it's just me on my own now. And it's scary, but I'm excited too. Okay. All right. That's beautiful. Okay. Is it really scary to you, inner being, this whole new thing? (laughs) Yeah, it is scary, but fear is, you know, what I, what's resonating through me is like, fear doesn't have to be so scary. Like I can dance with fear. Like fear will be there and it's okay to be scared. It's just an experience the human's having. Can the I am, this deep down or whatever we're listening to, the the real heart, you, whatever, higher self, whatever you want to call it, I don't care, inner voice. Are you ever really scared? So there was the no deep and then my mind was like, yes. Yes. (laughs) So I, when you just, you gave me two answers. One was the mind saying, yes, there's fear. But I was like, "Eh, I don't really think that sounds very (laughs) inner voicey. And then I was like, and then you said, no, fear is something else. You redefined it. And I was like, oh, that seems more accurate to the literal translation. So yeah. So the mind has fear. That's just the mind having an experience. Okay. Now let's watch this. Do I ever not exist? No. Do I always exist? Yes. Can I ever be obliterated? No. Can I ever die? No. Can anything bad ultimately ever happen to me? No. No. How challenging for a human mind to wrap its head around, right? If you're indestructible, whatever ultimately bad can ever happen to you. Has everything been well since the beginning of time? Yes. Even at the end of time? Yes. Even beyond time? Yes. It's all well. All is well. Can it always be well, even if I'm feeling a little moment of emotion of fear? 
Yes. Can I amplify that feeling of peace while fear is present as well? Yes. Can you help me to do that? Yes. And I'm feeling like it's like the body saying, like, come to me. Yeah. Like drop into the body more. Yeah. Because the mind is where it gets stuck and then it gets shoved into like a little file cabinet inside the body for a really long time and then it causes disharmony, right? But it's just a thunderstorm. It just rolls through and getting into the body to feel it and release it. It's just having the thunderstorm. It's, it's okay. I mean, I remember one day having this like whole story build up in my mind while I was trying to read The Power of Now. But of course, the mind was going on about some old story about some old guy from months ago. And I ended up leaving the cafe at like 4 p.m. emotionally exhausted from the mind story as I was ironically reading The Power of Now. So I went home and I was like, all right, I'm going to cry this out. I'm going to whatever this is. This is like a whole storm. I'm just going to sit on the sofa and just let it out. So I thought I had a good two hours in me to cry. I was like, all right, I'm just going to I'm going to go there and get this out. How long do you think I cried? Let's make a guess. Five minutes. Yeah, two. Just a few minutes. Yeah. And I was like, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot down there. I'm sure there's years of it. This is just the pain body being reacting to this new thing. And I was like waiting for more. Yeah. And then the next day I did the same exact thing. And I did the same exact thing. And I cried even less. I think you're helping me strip away from some kind of sneaky ways that anxiety has kind of shown up. It's like, I was even planning for our call, but I had a part of me that was like, don't plan for this. Just like live in the moment with Jess. And, and so I was like, oh, like what would be fun to jump on this call? Like how would it be fun to play with Jess on this call? Right. And I think it's just really interesting that my soul being like, just be in the moment, don't plan. And so you're like telling me don't plan anything. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can say like, I want to be surprised and have a fun time. <laughs> yeah, like I still like to stay in pretty places. I I had this like manifestation of I really wanted to cut an avocado in a home. <laughs> it was like I wanted a nice place to stay that had a kitchen and like a place to do my laundry so I didn't pay $3 a piece of underwear to have it laundered. And I was like, you know, and it wasn't flowing. And then I just thought about it. I was like, well, that'd be nice. But the place I would have had all those things smelled like smoke. So I was like, well, I'm not going to stay here just to have the avocado slicing in the laundry. So I'm going to leave here. And then I got to a hotel and I was like, they didn't even have a plate or like barely had a spoon. So I was like, this isn't going to be my avocado place. And I'm going to have to do the laundry for $300. (laughs) But you know what? It doesn't smell like smoke. And it's the best thing I can flow to right now. And then an hour or two later, I got a call long story short, where I now have a friend's friend's place to stay for the exact amount of time I need for $50 American a night and a nice area. And it's because I know the friend that I get to stay there. Wow. So I get to slice my avocado, but I didn't make a whole resistant story about how what a terrible manifestation, what a horrible point of alignment I must have. My attraction must be really bad right now for this other place. No, I was going to spend $3,200 for five nights on that other place, and it was not worth it. And the inner voice is like, just stay in this other hotel for a third of that price for a few nights, and then we're going to give you a $50 stay at a great new friend's house that you didn't know you were going to have. Yeah. So that was a surprise. You get to have them. This is wild. (laughs) Just to like drop the like the planning because I've been doing that but you're kind of like a final you know just really (laughs) kick out of because I'm like a Virgo sun sign and so super planner beautiful okay don't bobble your head down there okay I think I have a blank page but I'm holding on to the story about being a Virgo and having all these tendencies are those tendencies true for me right now 
No. Do I need to keep holding on to that story? No. Is it okay to let it go? Yes. Is it okay to let go of my attachment to the persona that plans? Yes. Will I be okay if I do that? Yes. Will I be safe if I do that? Yeah. Will I be protected if I do that? Yes. Will I be loved if I do that? Yes. How do you feel? I feel good. This is just rocking my world a little bit. <laughs> That's all. I know. I asked you three times. <laughs> I know. I, you're doing it. You're taking me through a journey on this like two-hour call. <laughs> and all you're really doing is bobbling down to the answers in you. No spirits necessary. No plant psychedelics. Nothing necessary. Pure openness is all that's required and the willingness, the willingness to listen. Yes. And this is actually true intimacy. Like, like I even cried on the show and I never cry or connecting with you. So it's just so interesting. It's like, okay, this is intimacy. It's like kind of sharing the things that I didn't necessarily want to share. Okay. Question to the mind. So bubbling up, what did you not want to share? Because I see nothing that you've shared personally that I would attach to being personal, but that's because it's my mind thinking what you're saying is so normal for so many minds, but what feels personal to the mind in you? I mean, I think just what's scary is just I love the guides so much. I talk about them highly on social media. I've really been through such an like amazing healing journey with so many amazing shamans, facilitators, worked with so many healers that I just honor and respect so much. It's like, I don't want to disrespect them through this show. Question, bobble down. Is it disrespectful to anyone that I've ever worked with to realize that this is now where my next step lies? No. Now, keep going, but you don't have to now say so many words, do you? Right. It's just, I do want to be clear that there's been so many things and tools that have helped me. And so now that I'm getting here, I mean, I do believe everyone only ever needs themselves, period. But these tools have been extremely helpful and I just want to kind of release them in gratitude. Exactly, just like I did with season four. Like I'm not negating anything about that work either. Where I loved that journey too. And man, it's the spiritual circus really fun. I love it. And I still love crystals and I love the jewelry that has the stones that have the meanings because it's still fun for me now, but I'm no longer pinning my life experience on the attributes they might provide. They're now just beautiful talismans in my life with beautiful representations and extra meaning than other objects typically have. Right. It's just loving without attachment, which is exactly what I'm doing in just all areas of life. You're learning how to walk without holding on to the table, right? Like a little kid when they learn how to crawl and they learn how to walk and they kind of start by holding on to objects around them because they're a great support. You've had wonderful support and now you're learning to walk on your own. Mm hmm. Yes. And it doesn't mean you never get to talk with someone or, you know, but now you're talking with them and you know the answer's not in them. Right. And I always had the deep knowing that it wasn't in them. It was just, gosh, those, like, I just really enjoyed working with the tools to the point where it's like, what's next to explore? Instead of just like, okay, <laughs> you've done enough exploring. You've got it now, Danielle. You've got it. And do you feel it out? Do you feel that now that this is the next phase? Yes, it's definitely the next phase. Now it's time to maybe write about the last few years and write from the heart. 
Yeah, it's supporting them and supporting yourself in the next phase. Because for you to stay where you were when you no longer need the table is to stunt your own growth, which wouldn't feel good. Right. To stay in that old pattern that's no longer needed doesn't feel good anymore. Do you ever feel this way, Jess? Like, I feel like I've just been evolving so quickly, so much, shifting out of cities, friend groups, relationships, et cetera. It's like, who am I going to be at the end of this and who will be around? Okay. Oh, go down. Okay. Ask that question. Beautifully said. Everyone will still be there. Everyone will still be there. Who am I going to I think you also said, who am I going to be? Who am I going to be after this tornado? Whoever you want. Do I need to even think about it? No. Do I need to plan it? No. Do I need to be a Virgo when it's done? No. Do I need to do anything when it's done? There's no done because there's no path. There's no path. Oh my gosh, you had said earlier, it's so funny to hear you'd say this now because you had said, I get more present when I have a plan. And now you're like, there's no plan. Yeah, I know. What it was is like helping quiet my mind so that we could continue moving forward. Okay. Okay. Inner voice. How am I going to do this without a plan to quiet my mind? Create in the moment. What will my mind do if I'm just creating the moment without a plan? It will take some time, but it will support. My mind will support this. It's unclear. It's like I think my mind will support. Oh, beautiful. You're doing such a great job being so in integrity with the voice. Like you're not attaching that to the inner voice. You're like, no, it's my mind. It's thinking it will. It's not necessarily what I heard. Speaking from the mind right now, it feels like it's going to take a little bit of time for my mind to get used to having a quieter life, I guess, having more space with myself. But ultimately, the mind's on my team. And in alignment, we're all working together to you know, stay in this space, create together. Yes. And it's really a kind of funny duality mix here because your inner being is kind of living in, if we look at wave and particle, which is a quantum thing, your, your inner being is kind of living in the wave of all possibilities. <laughs> and your mind lives in point by point by point. And like, it wants this next point and this next point to be safe on that wave. It's like, this is the point I need to get to. And like, it's really impatient getting on every other point or possibility to that one. It's like, oh my gosh. But your inner being lives in the eternal point of the now and your inner being is like, in the wave of time, it might take some time, but it's like, no, it's only ever in the moment, ever, truly, ever, ever. The mind lives in time. It needs time to survive. So of course the mind would say it's going to take time for this to happen because it's living in time. It's projecting into a future about a past self that doesn't exist right now. So it's very natural. I'm just kind of sharing a little like dorky aside, but also like how logical for a mind to say so. And also how your inner voice is like, in the now, you'll just be present <laughs> and you'll create in that present moment. It's so funny. When I woke up this morning, three words popped into my head for going into my 30th year and it was now, allow, and surrender. Okay, you are definitely at the phase we're in. You are definitely in season five. If those are the words you're hearing, they're all that support you had from my loving term of the spiritual circus is no longer needed for now, allow, and surrender. All three of those are this emerging consciousness of I am as a sovereign creator in and of yourself. So you didn't even know it, but you are ready for it. And your guides definitely 
if they're the ones who orchestrated this and this is helping you have clarity about that, this is exactly the phase you're now entering. That's so wild. And just to touch on this, since we opened the show with it, even coming back to the genital herpes, like after I've done these three, four months of really intense healing, it's almost like it's completely erased from my body and my mind where I don't even remember. It's just a story now. Like I don't even think about it anymore. No more emotional attachment, which means you've truly surrendered it. Right. Amazing. Definitely like world's been rocked a little bit and I'm excited to go sit in the earth and just kind of journal and process some of this, but like it resonates deeply. Okay. The three words that you heard, when you heard them, what was the mind's associations or what did it think that all meant? Mine, it doesn't come in as, as loudly anymore for me. It was just this knowing like, okay, this is what 30 is going to be. This is what this year is going to be. Let's go into the phrases that stick out from the first part. I'd love to unpack because I haven't talked with anyone else about it, but it's something that a lot of people hold on to pretty tightly in a story is you had said something about deciding was kind of a aspect that was hot for you and also big dreams like that. When I said, if you want a clear slate, you want a clean page, I think you had said, I was like, do you really want a clean page? Because our big dreams on the clean page. Do you want to kind of explore some of that? Yeah, let's do it. We're going to do it with your inner voice. So I am not sure what's going to happen. All I want is for you to be as in integrity and ruthlessly accurate to the translation of what you hear so that we can find out the ultimate truth for you. So I'm not trying to probe and like bait the witness. I am trying to cut through the resistance the mind has to hearing the answers though, okay? So I'm not trying to choose what the inner voice is going to say, but I am trying to make sure the inner voice, or sorry, the head, the mind, ego doesn't get too involved and try to spin this. Okay. So inner voice, do I need big dreams? No. Why is that surprising for my mind to hear? Because I love to create. Can I create without big dreams? Yes. What the heck does creating without the mind or big dreams getting all up in the biz look like for me? Creating looks like living in the moment and playing. That's all I got to do is live in the moment and play? Yes. What about all that stuff I'm used to doing? It was all conditioned. And so play is not? Play is your child. Play is your truth is what I'm getting. It's a truth. Powerful. Okay, so these big dreams were actually the mind getting in the way of play? Yes, actually. How do you feel about that? Let's talk to you real quick. Check in. Okay. Well, it's interesting because what I like love sitting and, and like looking at where I could be in five years and, oh, it's like Costa Rica mindfulness retreat center, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, what do I need to do this year to make that happen? And it's so fun to think about what is possible and explore possibilities. And it expands me. It was almost my soul and mind playing together just to expand me to look at what's possible. But now I don't need to do that anymore because I know anything's possible. You're now allowing and surrendering the three words you heard. So when I create now with my work, first of all, the idea kind of comes usually from a conversation with someone. It's kind of a fun, unexpected co-creation. I actually started, I called my director of videography, Megan, and we were talking about how to get an Instagram picture video to show up properly. (laughs) 
she made it and I couldn't get it to work. So this was obviously not a call that was supposed to be a big dreaming, planning, scheming session, but it turned into but boom, ba boom. And it just flowed into like, what if we do this uh, lively show TV show in November instead of January? Totally not on the radar. I was just like, I can't get this to resize properly. And she's like, let's, I'll walk you through it. That turned into X to X to X. And so we decided, okay, November. Now, all right, I wasn't even thinking about that. That came from a conversation with her on a totally different subject weeks before the idea of the TV show. And so I said, okay, let's, if it, if it flows, let's maybe do it in California in January. And then she said, you know, we actually have this great event space in Pittsburgh that's like been redone and is like totally perfect. And we could do it even sooner than January. And so then I'm like, okay. And so I was like, well, and so here's the thing. So it's all kind of like ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. But if it doesn't work, I let that go. So I had always said, to go back to your whole big dreams thing, that I wanted to have a TV show in the past. And since I was in college, my friend in college was like, oh, yeah, I remember you saying that at the cafe in our hometown. And then I had a blog and a podcast and all the things that have unfolded since then. And I don't know if this will even happen, let alone what the outcome of it will be, whether, let alone whether we'll ever do it in any other way or if we'll only do it once or maybe we'll do it and it'll become huge. I have no idea. I don't even know if the date in November will work. I am open to seeing if it magically happens. Ooh. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I'm open to seeing if they have the date available. I'm open to seeing what it costs. I'm open to seeing what we think we could do to, at that kind of experience. But if it at all ever becomes upstream, it's not happening and I don't care. Mm. Have you read Untethered Soul by Michael Singer? His book, Surrender Experiment, everything that we're talking about is reminding me of his, that book. Okay, now, funny story. Everything is about timing, right? So I mm -hmm. bought that book in season four, Jess, and I looked at it, and I could smell that it was not right for me at the time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, he's not co-creating with the sandbox and Abraham Styles. Like, I'm not going to read this. This is not right. This is not interesting to me. I want to live what I thought was maybe uh, a better way. It was a better way for me at the time to live the whole, like, visualization, big dream manifestation phase. And so I let it go. And then I went through this now allow surrender phase that you're going through. And I read that book then. And it was perfect for me. I bought it at a different phase, but I read it in the right phase because it was aligning for me to read it then. Exactly, exactly what you can do too. So if you have, you can say the retreat centers would be cool if they magically happened and just see what happens. But if they don't, yeah. Go on with your bad self and play in the moment that is happening. Right. Right. Yeah. That. So you just came off of a year of kind of your own surrender experiment in a way. Would you say your season four, your, this last year for you was about surrender? No, nothing like that. <laughs> oh, okay. My, my year of season four, or it's kind of two years, I would call it, of season four, Jess, like Law of Attraction, Abraham. And I'm not saying Abraham's not right. It still is. And the ultimate core truths that they teach to and the basic level and the most advanced level is all of what we're talking about. It's just when they get a human mind in the hot seat, they help them use their mind to release resistance, where I've now realized the pattern of problem lives in the, the mind is the part that creates problems. So I'm now looking to do this in a new way. And I'm getting to a part which I think is even a little edgier than where they've gotten yet. But I think they'll totally, they know it and they'll get there of like unconditional creation where the human mind's no longer choosing the experience it's trying to have in the way that season four kind of approach does. 
So you just wake up and have fun and you wake up and have fun like the surrender experiment in Michael Singer. And what his results were with a billion dollar computer company and a spiritual center in his backyard were not even what he ever thought he even wanted. And what I love about him is that he wasn't seeking any of that stuff. He wasn't looking for that kind of impact or success or whatever you would look at it as. But what he did want was enlightenment. In one point in the book, he says, I thought I wanted to be alone in the woods so that I could be enlightened. And over the time of this stuff kept unfolding around him, even though he didn't really want it to be unfolding because he wanted to be alone and enlightened, he realized that the path to that enlightenment was through helping people. And the ways that were showing up for him. I had the exact same realization at C-School where I was sitting here going beyond the mind, cancel the show, stop everything. I just want to be alone in my crystal cave apartment and getting enlightened. And then it was through C-School that I got more out of my mind than any meditation staring at my eyelids. Yes. And that's what you're saying. It's almost like for him, the woods was his spiritual tools in a way, but he was going to achieve or whatever enlightenment, which doesn't even really go together. But he was going to do that through building his company and just allowing life to send him all of these experiences. Well, his soul was like, if you want that, here's what you get, which is the company and the spiritual center. Those were the tools that were most effective for him. But his human mind never could have tried to pick them. His human mind was trying to pick isolation in the woods. Because he'd seen, basically, most likely because he'd seen other Zen masters say that's how it's done. And he found, because he was really into Zen in the previous years before his little woods experiment. But when he said in the years that followed, he kind of, he keeps saying in the book, and I didn't want to do it, but I said yes. And I didn't want to do it, but I said yes, right? And he was in that surrender mode. And then things that looked upstream turned downstream. Things that looked upstream turned downstream. And eventually he was like, oh my God, I'm actually getting further in this whole getting beyond the mind by dealing with all these people that are showing up than being alone. I think you just helped me realize what one of the very obvious next, you know, tools, which has been calling to me, but I've been really resisting it and fearful is just writing. Like I think writing has been calling to me and my next kind of phase of growth is going into writing and just like fearlessly writing. Can I do that? Bobble down. Mm-hmm. Can I fearlessly write? Yes. What should I fearlessly write? Stories. How did that feel to hear? I'm not asking that because I think you need an answer. That felt interesting. It was not mine at all. It was just, I mean, it was mine, I guess, deep down. It came from super, super, super deep stories. Okay. All right. Well, I just asked that because I know your mind is the Virgo story it's holding on to, wants to know. So I'm just asking. I'm not saying there needed to be some big answer there. I just wanted, I knew your mind would have that question. So we're going to ask it. Instead of like fearing the answer to a question like that, you ask so you have peace about it. Okay, let's go there. That was interesting, inner voice. What was the whole thing up with that, the word and how I heard the word stories? You know what to write about, Danielle. Do I know right now or will I know when I need to write? Both. You know now and it will unfold. Can it be fun? Yes. Can it be surprising? Mm -hmm. Can I play like a child? Yes. It's your favorite way to play. So will that be of service? It will be, but we don't have to think about that. How do you feel about that? It's been calling me, Jess. It's just honestly that I have a deeper rooting belief of like, can I really make money from writing? Okay, boom, bobble down. Okay, so which isn't that great? When you get that, instead of going off for five more minutes about the explanation of that, you just ask the question: Can I make money off writing? Yes. Do I need to make money off writing? I don't need, but it will happen. 
Will I need to worry about money? No. Why not? Because it's flowing. Yeah. So I don't need to worry about career implications. I just need to share stories. Yes. Is it about making myself a writer? Or is that just filling in this blank page? It's just about playing and writing. Will I play in other ways too? Of course. Do I need to make anything a persona, a job, a career, a vocation? No. Can I keep the blank page blank and just have fun? Yes. Color, draw, paint. Yeah, you just want to create, girl, with less line items on the sheet. I just get to create. What a great time in life. And to do that at 30, what a gift that you're giving yourself by following your own inner voice. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what age anyone is, that voice is always there in the present moment. And we're always in the eternal now. So time is ultimately irrelevant in this story. That inner voice is everything in this now moment. Mm-hmm. It's almost the inner voice is so easy now that it's almost like, well, wait, how can it be this easy? Okay, ask. Bobble down. How can it be this easy? I'm so used to it being hard as a human mind. It's easy. It's it's all supposed to be easy. It's like you've been living out of an organ that's not supposed to be doing this function. And it's really bad at doing that function. And you're like, wait, I don't have to run my life with this organ. This like organ in your body. Like I'm not trying to make the mind too attached to the brain, but it does receive a lot in that center. And it's been trying to solve problems and have a identity around it and fill in that page, which Eckhart calls the ego. I call the driver's license you, the persona you attach to the driver's license you when you look at it, that's going to have big dreams in the future and has all the past stuff that is not you. That blank page is really you. And that blank page in the present moment just wants to play. And right now play looks like telling stories. I think that you're just helping me realize that the dreams came from ego. Of course they did. They came from the ego being this story of a Virgo that needs to plan to feel safe. The dreams felt safe and it was to keep you safe. You needed to serve in the old outdated way you originally were speaking about it, true or false, ask your inner voice, to feel safe and secure and worthy. It made me feel safe. Yeah. And it might have even made the ego feel important. And if it's important, then it's safe because the community takes care of the important people in the tribe. So if I'm doing an important role, then I get to survive and be safe here. If I'm not doing something for everyone else, then there's no reason for that to keep me here. That's just like such an outdated fear and like almost like a, a really, really ancient mind pattern that is not your truest sovereign creatorship and is still trying to belong but you're at a phase where you no longer need to belong by conforming to other people's expectations of yourself. You are now merging into a level of consciousness that understands you belong because you are a part intrinsically of all that is, which your inner voice is still and always is connected to. So it doesn't need a tribe to tell it it's okay. Right. So what do you think? So now I'm like, oh, well, now I really want to be surrounded by people that are also creating in the now and really aligned deeply with their souls. And so is craving that coming from ego or soul? Bobble down. What about this community I now constantly crave <laughs> in like the present moment? Community is all around you. Do they all need to be as enlightened masters and <laughs> right now? No. Is it okay that they're not? Yes. How is it perfect right now that they're not? 
because I can learn from them. How can I learn from these people that aren't even there yet? They don't even realize what I realize and I'm supposed to be helping them, right? How can I learn from them too? They're triggering things in me. What are they triggering them for? Growth. For who? Me. So it's not about you helping people. It's about these people helping you. These people that aren't as far along are helping you. It's me wanting to be seen, which I guess is my ego. Yeah. Is it true that the real ultimate me wants to be seen? Bobble down. Uh, unclear. Do I need to be seen? Uh, no. No. It well, was like I wanted to say yes, but, but then no, like... No, you are doing such now. a good job. This is at a level beyond the mind, right? The mind's ability to accept that was not there, but you listened instead. Beautiful. You are so good at this. I know I'm Thank giving you. you a lot of compliments, but you really deserve it because you are so ruthlessly honest about which voice is coming from where. So you heard from your inner voice, I don't need to be seen, even though the mind can't even possibly comprehend why. Why is it true that I don't need to be seen in an environment in society that is so trying to be seen? Because I don't need to be seen for my worth. Why do other people want to be seen right now? Valued. Why do they want to be valued? Because they're hurting. Yeah. Do non-hurting people need to be valued? No. Why not? Value themselves. Think about it. The people that are most power hungry mm -hmm. are trying to take over everyone else's lives because mm -hmm. they're hurting, because they're trying to have value, because they don't realize that they have it in themselves. It's so interesting because I was thinking about, I was recognizing the desire to be seen and I was saying, well, Danielle, it's very human of you. How beautiful is that? But I guess that really is creating fear on some level. It's fear. It's coming out of fear. It's feeding fear. Of course, in Miracles would say everything is a, that's not love is a cry for healing or help. And we think, and we can like sugarcoat and like paint a veneer on service and on things that are valued and important in society. And then we try to aspire to them or we applaud other people. But if it's not in that person's alignment, it is not going to lead to an outcome that's beneficial for all. Actually, you know what's funny is the visual of my brother, Michael, just came up. He's going to be mortified that I am saying this, but I love him so much. He was homecoming king, president of student council, and the captain of his football team. Now, that's a lot of power, right? I mean, sort of, for a high school. That's like a lot of the three big things. The interesting thing is, like I just said, he would be mortified for me even mentioning this on the show because he was always voted by the other people. And it was different than what we're saying about being hurt and needing to be valued. He was very valued. But the interesting thing, and I love so deeply and appreciate about my brother, was that he was, yes, he was cute. So that kind of probably helped him. But he was just a really nice person to everyone. So people voted him in. He never saw it, the things. Those were never things that he tried to get. It was just always by popular vote since he was nice to everyone. And I do think it was kind of maybe a little helpful. He's pretty cute. But he received it from the people, but he never demanded it or desired it, nor would he even want me even saying anything like this right now. He probably is like super like, oh, geez, Jess, why'd you bring that up? That's super interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. And then when we see those people that are in those realms of responsibility, maybe like a Nelson Mandela, a Mother Teresa as examples of this kind of thing, we can look at them and we can say, wow, look how seen they are. Look how valued they are. Look how good they are. I want to be like that. We think we have a good heart about it. And it's not, it was just a fearful place 
because we are fearfully trying to be seen and valued versus knowing we are enough and choosing to help wherever we are, which is at least how I can say my brother chose to live his life. He wasn't trying to get those things. He was just being nice in Spanish class. Yeah. So the soul wouldn't crave to be seen. Would the soul crave intimacy? Ask. Yes. With whom? Me. Hmm. Does it crave intimacy with another? Craving? Yes. What did... It was a higher yes, which I feel like in my body is saying like, yes, with self deeply. And then with others is kind of like frosting on the already delicious cake. Like, it's just like, it's not necessarily like a really deep craving of the soul. But yeah, that would be nice. And the soul would enjoy it. Because it would help me evolve because people would be mirrors. Beautiful. Now I'm going to do a really great gift for you, I think. Well, I'm not giving it. You're going to discover a really great birthday gift for yourself. Okay. This whole like partner thing. Do I need to find him? No. Is he finding me? No. What did you hear? What will happen instead? We'll find each other was what I heard. Do I need to know anything more though? I don't need to try and he doesn't need to try either. There's no trying. It'll come. Do I need to think about this subject anymore to make it happen in the best and most ultimate way? No. What do I need to think about in general? If I'm not supposed to think about my plans or my big dreams or my partner, what am I supposed to think about? Okay, this one should be good. <laughs> like, think about yourself. Think about your life. Think about, like, my mind wants to come in on this one because I'm like, yeah, what are we going to think about, Danielle? I know. It's the million dollar question. My mind really wants to come in right now. <laughs> yeah, just take a deep breath and, and push it all out like little gnats in the air. You don't need to think so much. When can the mind be useful? Creating. How can it be useful when it's creating? Be on your team, showing you the way, helping support the way. Yeah, it's typing on the keys. It pulls out the printer paper when you need to write a story. So life is about to get a lot more simple and quiet, I think. <laughs> Boom, drop the mic. That is everything. That is past season four. Everything gets simpler and quieter. And all of a sudden with that space, I'm like, ooh, I could call my mom and just talk to her. I could, you know, call my best friend that I haven't really called and just connect. Intimacy. Yeah. It's like my mind, that fear of intimacy or just my mind in general was literally blocking me from having the space and the energy to connect. Okay. Bobble down. Why was it doing that? Because it was scared. Scared of what? It's sitting here trying to connect with everyone in the universe so it can be important and valued and seen, but it's not even calling its own best friend and mom. Well, it fears them too. It fears my mom and my best friend? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Good job. Why is it afraid of my mom and my best friend? Because it doesn't want to get hurt. Will they hurt me? Not intentionally. But if they did, could I ever be hurt? Not really. They can't hurt me. No. no. Why can't they hurt me? Because they don't have that kind of power. No. Does anyone have that power? No. No one? Mm -mm. Just me. Not even, so. not even the president of the United States or... Argentina or some dictator in some other country. Sneaky ways I was giving away my power and not even realizing it. Everyone is. A lot of people are. 
because it's a lot of minds. It's the tendency of the mind. Let's ask, inner voice, no guides necessary. Why do human minds do that? Why do they give, why do they pretend or perceive to give their power away? Because everyone is suffering. Yeah. Why are they suffering? Because they don't understand how easy it can be. Yeah. Why don't they understand this? Wouldn't this be easier to give everyone a bulletin and like tell them how the world works when they sign up for this joint? It's part of the path. Is it okay that it's a part of the path? Yes, it's part of being human. Is it okay for some humans to go through a journey of suffering? Unclear there. Yeah, it's hard, right? It's really hard for a human mind to understand how on earth. But you've suffered. Maybe not an extremely poverty and maybe not an extreme dictatorships but have you emotionally had difficult phases of your life yes definitely and they've honestly been the most beautiful experiences what's the most difficult one you're willing to share it's interesting because this one hasn't felt that difficult but i think it's just because i haven't been feeling or seeing the difficulty of it but even just these last five months with genital herpes there's been a lot of fear deep down but it's like i just don't look at the fear and so it's just like I stay above it so that I don't have to feel it. But it is really scary. It's like it's not feeling enough, really, which touches like the thorn in me that I have, you know, been working on this thorn is the I'm not enough. So it's touching that. But there's been so much beauty wrapped up in it. There's been a lot of like loving my own body despite not having others loving it. And beautiful job. And that's how the mind interprets it. Let's bobble down. What is your take on the genital herpes inner voice? It's hard to get anything with this one. Just what do you hear? Anything or nothing? Genital herpes is teaching you to, I think it's love. It's teaching you to love. It's teaching you to slow down. It's teaching you to not share your body with someone you don't want to share your body with. It's teaching you to let go. Let go of what? Hmm. Probably this person that's been really difficult to let go of. What's that person that's hard to let go of? The person that lit me up the most. What is that? The person that this was with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was here to help you let them go? Yeah. This one, it's so interesting. It's like the mind really wants to come in on this one because there's still a lot of that I, that I get to unpack around it. But I chose this on a soul level from someone that I deeply loved because I was very attached to him. Is that okay? It's okay that you're having this experience. It's just an experience. Is everybody's experience just an experience? Yes. Even if it feels horrible at the time? Yes. Even if it's the worst thing they could possibly imagine. Yes. Why is that okay for everybody to have times where it's the worst possible thing they could imagine? Because we're all okay, no matter what. Yeah. And as Eckhart says, the intense suffering that can happen for people in certain lifetimes is like, if you were living a pretty mundane, but okay dream, would you ever really wake up from if you're actually at night having a pretty okay dream? Would you, I mean, you could just keep sleeping. But for me at this point, I don't know why, but now if I have like a weird dream that's like not pleasant, I just wake the heck up. Like I don't even have a trouble. It doesn't have to like be one of those times where you're like trying to scream, but you can't because you're like in that weird, I just wake up and 
I've realized like all the difficulties or even getting everything you want and then getting exhausted with that is the call to waking up. He said it's actually a lot harder to have the mundane dream and wake up. It doesn't mean you can't do it in any way possible. Every expression of this will probably be had by someone's soul and choice. But he does say that that time where you feel that much confliction between the inner being that's at peace and this human experience that's so hard for the human to deal with is that call for healing or help that might actually cut through all the clutter and be the fast track for that person to wake up than if it was just a mundane dream. That's so interesting. And people can have existential angst and dilemmas being doing the laundry every day, right? It's not always the person that's in the perceived negative experience of, let's say, cancer that's actually mentally or physically, uh, not physically, it might be feeling worse off, but there could be a mental anguish in someone with a far more, actually think about all the rich, famous people that kill themselves. There's many people that choose to kill themselves with what seems like having every privilege possible. And there are people that have nothing and against all odds survive, against all odds. And they have more love in their hearts than you could possibly imagine why. It's not a cut and dry anything about experience because the experience of one person's not worth living anymore is someone else's claw to get out of a situation that they'd never want to be in again. Yeah. Acceptance has been a magical word for me in this journey, for sure. Just like it is what it is. And again, like I told you, the let the human have the experience, repeating that. It's just like this human's supposed to experience that. And that's what I, this is what I'm learning from it. Yeah. And here, let's go down one more time before we wrap up. Inner voice. Do I need to learn things? Now, really keep an open channel here. Evolution happens naturally. Yeah. Is this a school or is this just evolution? We are in school. Oh, that's not clear. Um, we are just here to live, create, play. Yeah. We evolve in the process. Look at that. Your mind was like throwing in a story and you cut it and then you went deeper. Yeah. I've almost created like just growth being a new path to seek, a new thing to be excited about. Like this, you know, the spiritual tools and all of these things that, yes, have served me well, but it was like just another thing to do and get wrapped up in doing. And now you get the gift of surprise and delight. Mm, that feels good. The uncertainty mm -hmm. of the unfolding is what the ego fears and the inner being finds a reason to wake up in the morning. Mm. How am I going to delight myself in unusual ways I couldn't predict or prepare is the motto that I've discovered. Ask your inner being. Is that kind of your MO? Are you just here to, to like be surprised and delighted and play? Yes. So that's what my experience can be as well? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, Jess, because I was I was dropping down and dropping even my head down, and I was as I was connecting before. But as we as the conversation now, I can just sit up tall, and it's it's just like fresh breath. I don't have to drop my head to connect with the inner being. It's just like loud and my and more radiating. 
It's a beautiful gift. And actually, I've noticed <laughs> from a few of the clients, because this is the longest and the most, because I get to be the mind, right? You get the gift of me staying in the beta brainwave, being the ego we all know so well, so that you can stay in the alpha, theta, receiving mode. And this is usually longer for most people's experience of this place and doing it in really interesting ways to kind of push the ego's mind because the mind doesn't usually think to ask these questions I'm willing to ask. So I've had people tell me like hours later, like they're just still silent. Like they're like dumbfounded and numb basically compared to the persona they're used to putting on. They're so much slower than how they're used to being, but that's not a bad thing. It's just a new experience they've never had before of their other aspect that they have a newfound awareness and appreciation for. Yeah, I, I have so much energy a lot, like just running through my body and I'm more still now than I have been. And I think it's going to be about like channeling that energy flow into creating in the moment. Because it's like, sometimes it's like a game of like, okay, how can I almost get rid of this energy so I can sleep tonight? Because I've created such a lightness, I guess, in my body. I don't know if that resonates with you. Do you ever like have so much energy moving through you that you have to like do something with it? I was pretty jazzed last night, but normally I just go to sleep when I'm tired and I stay awake when I'm not. I just wake up and go to bed when I want to. Yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes at 7.30 at night. Sometimes that's 11.30 at night. Sometimes I get up at 8. Sometimes I get up at 5.30 or 4.30. I don't tell too many stories around time anymore. I use clock time, obviously, so that I can like meet people at the right time and stuff like that. But otherwise, I don't really use too much clock time for my own rhythms or patterns. Well, I'll have to let you know how this new <laughs> chapter of life goes in a few weeks. Well, happy birthday, girl. Thank you. Do you feel like you have a blank page? I definitely have a blank page for sure, Jess. You did such a beautiful job. And I just really, really, really want to honor you for being so vulnerable and open to letting so many stories go that so many people tend to hold on to. You were really ready for this in such a beautiful, open, vulnerable way. I love letting go. I feel like it's the hardest lesson, but just the, some of the most important lessons we learn. So thank you for everything today. Yeah, I guess you get to go forth and now allow and surrender. <laughs> yep, that's my new mantra. And there you have it. Danielle, thank you for working with me and thank you for listening. If you wanna send Danielle a message, you can do so over on Instagram at Danny, D-A-N-I, Dillard, D-I-L-L-A-R-D. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jess C as in Carnaby Street Lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Danielle Dillard. Now for where I'm headed to next, I am staying here in London for a little while longer eating at Dishoom, my favorite restaurant in the world, as much as possible. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs>